I'm Dante Centauri, and I love to talk about insects. I'm Mia Centauri, and I also love to talk about insects. So we'll be talking about insects together on Insect View. Welcome back to Insect View, everybody, after our little our little uh, unexpected hiatus. But we're back it's on schedule now, fine. so... It's fine. It's yeah. fine. Don't worry about it. This little... Um, a little background for the, for this this uh, our, our insect this time. Uh, if you if you read the title, you might know, but it's the hard little story starts on the 16th of August, 1897, when the ship Belgica sets off from Antwerp on its way to Antarctica, and this is actually the first Antarctic expedition of purely scientific nature. And so this their their primary goal was to reach the like the magnetic South Pole, and they were going to chart and observe along the way. And so the crew had a bunch of handful had a bunch of scientists on board. One of them being the Romanian naturalist uh, Emil Rakovica, and the, the travel to the Arctic was a pretty interesting affair. I know there's a book written. Well, I on think it. Um, any kind of back then. I mean, that yeah. was like how long did that take? Like like months? I mean, something's gonna happen on the way there, right? Just yeah, I don't think it, it ever went like regular. Yeah, and when when have you ever heard about an expedition to the Arctic where they just like got in, did their research, and got out, and nothing went wrong, and no one died? Yeah, there's always some sort of like, like that. horror yeah. movie material. That's just not but, the way it works. Yeah. But and I guess it started off a bit rough because the crew wasn't like the like bestest. I said. <laughs> yeah, the the crew wasn't the best put together because Belgium had a kind of uh, mediocre navy at the time, so they had. A, so they just had a bunch of shitty sailors, like. Kind of yeah, and, and one of the engineers, the recommendation letters, it said it would be possible for the engineer to figure out a very simple engine, but I could not guarantee it. Possible. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's that's not really the if you're hiring someone you don't want them to be like I could probably do that a very simple engine yeah and yeah. the doctor bailed out the first day okay that's the right move that is the right yeah. I'm just sad the doctor is the smartest person on this crew already you do not want to get on a ship to the arctic with someone who can only probably the engineer can only probably make mm-hmm. an engine and like the day after they shipped out the 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 mechanic that we we just mentioned overheated the engine and they had to dock and fix the ship, and they ended up pulling into port right next to the king's yacht, who had like <laughs> just seen them off. Uh, there, I think there was a story about how they had a, a cook that was fighting too much and had to be kicked off the boat. <laughs> like, wait, where did they kick him off? <laughs> somewhere in South America, from what I remember. I mean, that's okay. Like, getting kicked off a boat, I think, would be bad. Like, in in, in any case, but in the eighteen, 18- <laughs> he probably just lived the rest of his life there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, there was a whole there was a book. Yeah, there, there was a book written on this that that I got uh, this intro stuff from called The Madhouse: The End of the Earth, which is about this expedition because they get frozen over in the ice, which actually doesn't go as badly as it sounds. But that's kind of uh, aside from the story. But like, what is pertinent to this episode is that while they were on there, uh, while they were on the way there, they did some surveying while they were out there, and so Rakovica became the the the, the reigning naturalist we talked about earlier. He became the first to collect a specimen. Of the largest terrestrial animal exclusively native to Antarctica, the flightless Arctic midge at two to six millimeters long. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and the midge is called Belgica Antarctica, uh, named after the ship. I guess it was worth it all. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so Belgica Antarctica. Um, it's actually one of only two species in the genus Belgica. Um, the other one is uh, Belgica al- um, albipes, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, and it's like, com- it's not, there's like really no research on it. Um, and there's also a midge that uh, it could be it could be under the genus Belgica. It's um, Eretomoptera murphii, and it's like it, it could be Belgica um, due to some genetic evidence, but that's kind of that's like under under review, I guess. 
Um, and it's, so it's a pretty small genus, and it's probably just because there's a lack of taxonomy for these Arctic species. But yeah, so this is actually, uh, this insect has, has the smallest uh, genome. Um, it has a really, really yeah. concentrated genome, so there's very few repeated um, or duplicate genes, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, um, this is a thing that actually pops up with a decent amount of Arctic species. I don't yeah. think it's completely understood. From what I can tell, at least, at least with insects, it's not totally understood why. But it's believed to be some sort of like adaptation, adaptation to extreme environments to have this teensy tiny, or at least relatively smaller genome with this super like concentrated and no nonsense, I guess. I mean, yeah, if you're living there, it's just like you can't mess around with any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And speak, speaking of extreme, like as we can, we can go to its habitat, yeah. because the, the, as we mentioned, it, it's Antarctic, but the insect is found up and down the Antarctic Peninsula and the South Shetland Islands. The most northern it's ever been is at a location called Elephant Island, which mm-hmm. maybe because it's shaped like the trunk, or there's a lot of elephant seals that live there. But the, the most southern it's been is an unpublished observation at a place called Lazarus Bay at Alexander Island, which is a bit more than halfway down the peninsula. So it doesn't actually show up, like if you looked at a map of Antarctica, it's not, it doesn't really show up on like the mainland, mm-hmm. you know, the big like... Yeah, like the It's the kind mass. of on like... Yeah. yeah, it's on like a bit of a peninsula that's a little closer to... to South America, like mm-hmm. Argentina or whatever. Yeah, it's a little, little uh, peninsula, a little closer to South America, but still, that's it's still pretty, pretty southern. Yeah, I mean, everyone loves a good peninsula, so. So the life cycle uh, of these animals. Um, so it's a mage. So with most insects, it starts as an egg, obviously. Um, so they lay them in batches of around thirty to sixty eggs, um, and they're actually coated with this gel, like it's this moisture-absorbing gel, and it protects them from drying out, and it also helps them to prevent from overheating. Uh, so, because in a lab, they'll be raised at around 4 degrees Celsius, so overheating for them is probably like like 8. It's I mean, you know, because they're already at this very, very low... Um, yeah, 8 degrees comes out to be a, a just a scorching 50 degrees Fahrenheit. So, you know, mm-hmm. boy... <laughs> They, they can yeah, really so handle the heat. They don't heat. have much tolerance, yeah, for that kind yeah. of thing. Um, and so in under lab conditions, I mean, it's, I think it, apparently it's, like, not super, like, how long this would be in the wild, but it's around two weeks in lab conditions. And only around 15% of eggs uh, will hatch. And this is probably because it's way harder in a lab to replicate these natural conditions. So it's kind of unknown if they just have, like, a low rate of, like, of success, but it's probably just because it's, like, you know, the Antarctic conditions are kind of hard to replicate, so they probably yeah. just have, like, lower success rates. Yeah, I imagine um, that's got to be just such, like, an endeavor trying to raise these in a lab. Oh, yeah. Because it's I already challenging yeah. to raise relatively hardy insects, because they'll just be like, oh, I don't want to do this yeah, anymore, and just die. <laughs> yeah, bugs definitely have a tendency to just sort of um, keel over. <laughs> it's also, like, a lot of bugs, so larval stage is going to be their longest life stage, so they can last for, um, you know, nearly two years as a larva. Um and uh, this is pretty common, in, especially in, Ar- in Antarctic insects, um, because they just spend all their years eating algae, they eat fungi, you know, other detritus, um, and they grow through four different instars before they actually will pupate. Um, and so the adults will come out in the summer, which is from late December to March um, for Antarctica, in the southern hemisphere. Um, and they only live for about one or two weeks, and they don't eat as adults either. So, um, you know, they spend their time just like you know, looking for mates so they can lay eggs and then they just die right after. So it's a pretty, it's like a pretty standard life cycle um, mm-hmm. for an insect. Yeah, the, the real exceptional thing about it is the, the very long-lasting larval stage. Like, two years for a, a midge larvae is pretty long. But, but yeah. yeah, this is a, a you, I think you see this in Arctic, uh, like, 
Arctic insects as well. Just like when you get colder, the larval stage, it's not uncommon for the larval stage to really drag its little heels. But yeah. Yeah, but like, you know, as because they spend two years as a larvae in Antarctica, they have a, a real litany of resistances to the uh, unsurprisingly rough climate that, they, that they're from. So they've, they've got a, just an absolute arsenal of, of different environmental yeah. resistances. Cold and freezing is probably the most obvious one because they, uh, if they live for two years as a midge, they have to freeze in Arctic winters for two years. They, they, they have a seasonal freeze tolerance, so they, they, build, they basically build up their ability to freeze when, in preparation for the winter. And then they can survive uh, up to negative 12 Celsius, and they can withstand some partial freezing, which lets them get down to you know, to negative twenty Celsius, but but still still pretty impressive. Yeah, and also drying out is a you wouldn't think it, but drying out is a pretty big threat in the Arctic because you liquid fresh water is pretty hard to come by. It's all frozen, and so they can these larvae can handle up to seventy percent water loss and still survive. Yeah, they're actually pretty resistant to salt water as well because they, they can uh, they live on the coasts, they live like kind of on little coastal regions, not not. A lot of the times, at least, so they're always being exposed to uh, just like spray, saltwater sprays and submersions. I imagine when a wave comes up, so that they're constantly being exposed to it, and they have a pretty decent resistance for it. They can survive in the they can survive in saltwater, just straight saltwater for 10, 10 whole days, and they also have a high high antioxidant capacity because again, like they're getting a ton of ultraviolet rays at the at the South Pole, so they're constantly no. getting bombarded and have to be resistant to that, and they're they they're always on like guano which has ph changes and it's just this very unpleasant environment to be in that they've had to develop uh absolute yeah. litany of little resistances to to stand up against yeah i mean it's pretty impressive <laughs> like mm-hmm. with all it's just i feel like with all those like really tiny little insects they always have just like the most bizarre like adaptations you know yeah and this this is this one will be like there hasn't been a ton of research on its there's been research on its genome because that's the it's so small. But when it comes to its actual, just ecology and general biology, that's a lot harder because it's this Arctic species that yeah. it's really tough to go out just sit out there in the Arctic. I imagine on a rock like let's let's look for these tiny little midges that are only out for like a couple of weeks when it's warm, and the other they're frozen for the rest of the time. But it, it definitely will be interesting to see in the future if those worked on on it, especially when you get to like global warming. Like, are they going to start marching south? further further down yeah. the peninsula you know like will they get to the mainland and are they going to get pushed out of their more their more northern regions like is he just going to get too hot closer to the place in south Antarctica? like i yeah this will be it will be interesting to see if in the future any re, any more research reveals like a range shift uh, with, yeah, with global be. warming i mean uh you know people people don't even care about the cute animals though so i feel like it'd be pretty hard to get people to care about our antarctic midges well it's I the largest so. It's the largest yeah. exclusively native Antarctic uh, terrestrial animal. So, like, how can you not care about this, you know? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, just, yeah just say that and then make them think it's yeah. like a polar bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and you, you hold back in the two to six millimeters long. Yeah. You, know, you, you, <laughs> yeah. you keep that in, in your back pocket. Yeah, char- charismatic, was it charismatic me- megafauna? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> meet the Antarctic midge. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it is relative megafauna. Relatively relative, megafauna. Yeah, relatively megafauna. Relatively native megafauna. Yeah. You could do a bunch of forced perspective shots of, the, of it near like a penguin or something. So yeah. it's really close <laughs> to the camera. The penguin's all the way back, so it looks like they're the same size. Yeah. All right. So, well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Insect View. I hope you all had fun. I hope you didn't miss us too much. 
Yeah. But after this, we'll be back to our, our more normal upload schedule, so you can look forward to standard inside view content uh, before yeah. the, the, the new year when we were slightly sidetracked. Thank you.